Um, a couple of weeks ago, we had an opportunity uh, through some mutual friends and missionaries of ours to bless Heaven's Church in Nepal. They're actually in Kathmandu. It's a, a mutual friend of ours, a pastor there, who has saved over 400 girls from slavery in Nepal. Yeah. Amen. And so, if you're, by the way, if you're ever interested in joining boots on the ground, doing like ministry right there on the streets with people who are right there in need, come talk to me. We'll talk to you about, you know, some areas that you can help in with that. But, as you know, there was a massive earthquake, number of earthquakes in Nepal. And so, one of the things that we were able to do, as opposed to just saying donate on Facebook, nothing wrong with that, or hey Red Cross, or this or that, we were able to take money that we raised right here. And in fact, two weeks ago we raised $1,500 for Nepal. Yeah, fifteen, which means $1,500 for rice and medical supplies, right there. And what was really cool is um, Western Union did not charge us a fee because of the disaster, so we were able to take all that money, every dime, and send it. And I actually would, if you don't mind, I'd like to read to you what they did with it. I think that makes sense, right? All right, let's, let me do that really quick. Um, so there were four teams that were sent out to four major regions that were devastated by the uh, earthquakes. Gorka, I'm probably going to mispronounce these, so I apologize. My, my Nepalese isn't very good. So Habong, Halambu, and Mudko. I told you, it was terrible. But four villages with Gorka, the epicenter, were visited and aid was delivered. Between these villages, uh, 80 bags of rice, 80 sets of medical supplies, and mattresses were supplied to turn, in turn to provide for 110 families. Now, in Sudapachwak district, our volunteers distributed aid to Hamburg and Helenburg areas. 30 families' needs were provided there, 30 bags of rice, 30 sets of medical supplies. Um, and, and the larger village of the two villages, double the amount of aid was supplied. So 60 bags of rice, 60 sets of medical supplies were allotted to the village. In total, that was 90 families received that much aid. And the last team that went out to Tekrashwar and Mudko area, uh, uh, Heaven's uh, Church Ministry was able to cater for the entire village's needs. The entire village. Uh, 70 families, the volunteers distributed 70 bags of rice and 70 medical sets. Overall, it was very, very successful. From the work of our volunteers, hundreds of desperate and isolated individuals were given aid. Their smiles and true heartfelt gratitude shows what a difference we were able to make in the lives of people around us. The aid distributed affected 1,540 individuals. 560, 180, 380, 420 individuals in Gorka, Hamburg, Helenbu, and Torkshuau now have food for dinner tonight. Praise the Lord. That's what it's all about, right? Loving God and loving others. That's worship. That's awesome. I promise I won't cry. Okay. What a God we have. What a God we have. I want to tell you a little story. Um, back in the day, one of my jobs was building pools. So if you've heard this story, I apologize, but I'll be like the... Uh, Dad that continually tells you the story that you probably already heard, but you just nod your head and go, oh, I've never heard this one, Dad. Okay, I'm going to do that. Um, I, my wife and I moved, had moved up to Wrightwood from Pomona, and, uh, and, and we loved Wrightwood. And it was actually cheaper to move up there and live up there, and so we did. And, and uh, I was working for my dad building pools. Now, my dad lived in Orange County, 
And so from one start of the day, like I would start out in the morning in Simi Valley, so I'd have to go from Wrightwood to Simi Valley, and then from Simi Valley I might end up my day in like Dana Point. So you can imagine, I was all over, all over. Um, there were certain Saturdays, in fact, throughout my year, where I would put on 3,000 miles in one week on my little Toyota Camry, 1990 Toyota Camry, with 300,000 miles already on it. That, that thing, great car, that's all I'm saying. Didn't have air conditioning, which really stunk on the 91 in a summer day, but I'll tell you, that car really, it did it. Um, but yeah, 3,000 miles, I'd have to do the oil change, you know, once a week almost for, for some of the, <laughs> it was pretty crazy. Um, and, 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 and I don't know if you're familiar with, with the Wrightwood area. I mean, it's right off the 15. You get off on the 138, which our uh, family pastor and, and her husband today had a little interesting thing because they came down the 138 and they're like, oh no, it's closed. So they had to turn around and go all the way back. That's what it's like kind of sometimes living up in rural mountainous areas. So here I was coming home and I was new to Wrightwood, um, my wife and I, and and it was Friday, so Friday's already bad. You know the traffic. You ever go out towards the river or Vegas and the traffic on the 15? And so I, I had left early because I'm like, I want to get home. I'm done. Put enough miles on the car. And it kind of registered a, almost too late that the fire on the freeway that I had been listening to on the radio station was my freeway that I was on. And the 15 was completely shut down. Like, it wasn't, they, they literally just said, nope, and directed everybody away. You can't even drive on this freeway. Because the fire was literally right on the side of the freeway. And so, being who I am, I'm like, I'm not just going to go to Denny's and grab like a moon over my hammy and sit this one out. You know what I'm saying? I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to find a way to get home. Anybody else like me? Even if it takes longer, at least I'm moving and I feel like I'm getting home. Right? Okay. So, I call up my wife. On my non-smartphone at the time, this was like 12 years ago, okay? And, and I used my, my phone for what it's not normally used for today, calling somebody. So I called my wife. Some of you got that. I, I called my wife. And, 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 and you know, by the way, at that time, cell service was really shoddy. You know, I mean, it was just really like spotty. And I mean, not like today. Dropping calls was constant. And, and I'm like talking to her. I'm like, where do I go? Where do I go? And she's like, okay, there's this place called Lytle Creek. And, you, it, and she was looking on the internet. Because I told her, just look on the internet. Find out for me. And so she goes on the internet. And even then with Google Maps, they weren't as accurate then as they are now. Some of you know what I'm talking about, right? Like, like they were just figuring this out. And I still had, I, I had just gotten rid of my Thomas guides because my dad was telling me everywhere to go. And so I didn't need all that stuff. Because so, we had technology, right? So, so she's telling me where to go, and I'm like, oh man, I gotta go here. I go, okay, so I go up this way, and as I'm talking to her, I'm losing her, and I'm having to call back and call back, and pretty soon I just, the, I think my cell phone died or something. And I'm like, okay, I gotta figure this out on my own. And so I, I have kind of a, a map here that I wanna show you uh, of where I was going. And, and the reason for this is, is I want you to know my pain, okay? So, no. <laughs> So you go up this life, because this is where I was used to going, right, on the 15, but, but here I was directed off of the, 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 the you know, the, down by Fontana to go up this Lytle Creek. Now, where she had told me I needed to go was this little street right here called, called Sheep Creek or Swarthout Canyon Road. Yeah, because, you know, it's, you're, you're up Sheep Creek without a <laughs> paddle, right? So sorry, I had to, I, could, I couldn't resist, I'm sorry. All right, so I was supposed to turn here, but there's no sign, by the way. There's no sign. Why put a sign? That's silly. 
Come on. We don't need signs. So instead, I'm going up this way. And by the way, at about here, this road actually is just a dry riverbed. It stops being a road completely. And you're just literally, you're gone hiking and you're in a dry riverbed. There's no water, but there's just stones everywhere and it's like sandy. And I'm in my 1990 Toyota Camry. And, and, and I'm going up here. And I kid you not, I kept running into different people. Because I don't know if they were looking at the same thing, but then there was like people on the side of the road. And there was this one, I swear, and I don't mean to offend, but they looked like they were right out of a 1960s commune. They were like in their 50s, long hair, like they smelled like patchouli oil. And, and I'm sorry, but, but they were, and they were just like looking around. They looked like, the, I mean, I'm sorry, but they looked like they were on drugs. And I'm like, I, I pull up next to them, I'm like, hey, guys, do you know, do you know where to, and I kid you not, this is, the lady looks at me and goes, far out, man. <laughs> Yeah, that road is crazy. And then she just kind of looks off and then they walk away and I'm like, what just happened? I just want to get home, you know? I just want to get home. And so then, so I'm like, okay, well, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm going the right way still. So I just keep going up, going up. And finally, Josh would appreciate this because if you guys know Josh, he's a uh, off, off-road kind of guy. This truck pull, just goes right past me. I mean, this truck's tires are bigger than my car. And it's, you know, going through. And it's like, he takes, like, he does like this double take where he's like, wait, did I, am I seeing what I, and he stops and I, I pull up next to him and he's just looking at me like, what are you doing here? You are not on the road you need to be on. I mean, literally. And I'm like, do you know? And he's just like, mm. and he just takes off. So I'm like, okay, you know what? By this time, boulders are spitting out of the back of my car. I'm just like, I'm done. I'm going to turn around. Maybe I missed it. Okay, so I turn around, go back. It's getting late, you know, and it's starting to, the sun's starting to set. You know what I'm talking about. And you get that feeling in your stomach like, I'm, I'm all out here by myself. I can't reach anybody. Nobody knows where I'm at. My wife kind of knows I'm up in this canyon area. It starts sounding like one of them survival stories, right? <laughs> to me, I'm like, all I need is a bear attack. Or some crazy hippies to come out and get me? I don't know. So, so, so I come back down and I see this little road and again, there's nothing there and I start going on it. Now that looks really nice. I wish it looked like that. I think maybe they've done that now, but back then, about 12 years ago, it was more like this, you know, and, and, and it was dirt and gravel and rock and at, at one point, there's like a 30 foot drop. You, you know, like like right next to me, I'm like, oh, and I'm not. I, there was a point where I, I pulled off, I stopped, and I was like, is this the right way? Because there's still like, there there was another area I could go down here and, and, and that road that doesn't look much like a road. And then I would see someone kind of go by going fast, like they kind looks like they know what they're doing. You know what I'm talking about? And you're like, well, I'm just gonna follow that person, and I just went and and eventually I got home. It, 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 that road, if you know, connects to Lone Pine Canyon Road, which is the back way up to Wrightwood. So, um. By the way, it's so out there that they actually have a lake somewhere in there called Lost Lake. Because if you find it, you're lost. You know what I'm saying? So anyway, that, that's just my own little... Again, I, I can't help myself. So um, so yeah, so here I am. And I finally found it. But man, I was scared. And, and, and it was just something that, that I did because I, the, where I would normally go, what I would normally do in my calendar... In my day, in my schedule, in my life, there's a roadblock. It just stopped. It was done. I was done. And I had to adjust. And, and can I just say that when I think back on this, 
besides the knot in my stomach that I feel from the anxiety of that day, um, I, I also believe that this applies to some extent to our life. To, to, to our life as human beings and what can happen to us. I mean, many of us have our routines and our schedules, our plans and our calendars. Some of us have uh, uh, our day set out, maybe our week. Some of you are just... Uh, like awesome with that and you have your whole year, maybe a five year set up and you know exactly what you're going to do. And you're moving along in the way that you feel best and in your life and, and you somewhat hear of something ahead but you're like, that can't be me. But then you get to a point where you're like, oh my gosh, that's on the way I'm going and I've got to get off of the road. It's a closed and i got to find another, another way. And it's one more thing that just keeps us from the rest that we so long desire and to go home. Maybe it's the relationship that you've been hoping for, but it just hasn't panned out like you thought it would. Instead, you were being redirected and now you have to find a whole new way home. Or maybe your health that was once unending and as reliable as the sunrise is now shutting down and you're on your phone and and you're calling, you're on the websites, and you're looking, and you're doing, and you're just scrambling and scrambling to find a new way to keep moving, because the sun seems to be setting soon, and and this wasn't planned, and you're scared, and you'll never make it home. At least that's how you feel. See, the sad truth is that the roadblocks and road closures, and the, and the hopes and the dreams that we have, and and plans, are probably going to end. And we're left wondering, is this truly the way home? Will I ever, will I ever get there? And we're, and you get tired. You, you know what I'm saying? You ever been there? You're just, it's like, I, I love my youth because I seem to always have energy. <laughs> you know? And you're like, you? It's like, yeah, you, I know, right? I, I lose energy. I get tired, especially when I'm scrambling to find the way home. I get tired. I, what I love is we're in good company when we recognize this in our own life, because the disciples felt the same way. And the passage we're going to look at today is, I think, just great, because it really points to the disciples, who are just like you and me, normal, average people that didn't always get it, that got lost, tried to make their own way, hoped in a certain way, and lost it. See, they set their calendars, made their plans, packed up their belongings and went the way that they believed God was saying for them to go. And they looked at Jesus and thought, this is it. Finally, a sure way to go where we'll not have to be redirected or, or, or blocked ever again. Finally, we'll be led home. See, they were looking at the same question and they thought it was answered to some extent that we're going to look at today. The question is simple. Is Jesus, is Jesus the, really the only way to God? See, we've been going through this sermon series called, Can I Ask That? Because there's eight tough questions that we've been looking at. Now, there's a lot more. Please, I'm not, I'm not, we haven't reduced it down to eight, and that's it, and you should never ask any more, no. But, but we're just looking at eight tough questions that are, that, that's leveled at, at, at faith in God and Jesus and the church. And today, it's, it's that tough question that, is Jesus really the only way to God? Because the disciples, right before this whole, this whole thing with them, I mean, they looked at Jesus like, yes, absolutely. But if you're honest and we're looking at the scripture, they get to a point where they're like, I, I don't know. In fact, when Jesus dies, it says they go back to their old lives, their old jobs, everything. Because they, they, many of them scratched their head and well, I thought he was. I thought he was. 
And they doubted and they struggled. Just like we do. Just like people around us do. Will Jesus truly be the way to lead me home? See, this can be a tough question because if it's true, and again, if you're taking notes here, I would just recommend, I mean, that's a way to help us understand this a little more. Um, we just we take notes here at the church. We, we call it cranking the blank. But that if, if this question is true, if this is a tough question, that if it's true that Jesus really is the only way to God, then that means many people today are not on the right way home to God. See, that's, that's the adverse of that. Many people that we love, many people that we care about, many people that are close to us and work with us and live life around us are potentially on paths away from God and not towards Him, moving farther and farther away from home than closer to it. See, we've been very intentional in this series not just to say, here's some questions and here's the answer. See you later. Enjoy a hot cup of coffee. No, no, that's... We're trying to look at this question more interior-wise, inside of ourselves. We're looking at all of these questions in such a way where it's like, how does this really help me to love God and love others? You see, it's very easy to answer questions, and the church is kind of known for this, of just putting these facts out there like they're just little more bullets for our debate guns or our argument cannons that we can stand in front of people and shoot them off and say, see, see, we don't want to push that. We don't want to have that idea of where you walk out of here, it's us versus them mentality. It's too much of that. In fact, the church today has been known for what they are not for as opposed to what they are for. And in John 17, it says, by your love, they will know that I'm real. Not by what you know, not by how you say it, not by your theology, not by your doctrine. All these things are great to have correct theology and doctrine, that's good. But you know what's more important? That we love God and love others. Amen? That's why we really believe in connecting with the community, growing in faith together, and serving Jesus. Not just in Nepal, but the people around us. We have an opportunity. Because the people are asking questions, just like you. And how are we going to respond? How are we going to act? Are we going to respond as Jesus responded? With grace and love. Because that is our model. And that's what we want to look at today. Amen? So what we're going to look at is our take-home truth is super simple here. Jesus is the only way home to God our Father. But what does that mean in our life today? So if you could stand with me, we're going to read out of the book of John, chapter 14, verses 1 through 7. And just out of the respect for God's Word, we, we just stand and, and, and it just makes me feel a little better because I'm not the only one standing. So, See, again, we, we want to look at the world around us with the eyes and hearts of love, the same love that sent us Jesus, the one and only Son, to be sacrificed that we all need. It's all about grace. Wandering from home, and yet Jesus wants to be our co-pilot and bring us back home. So I love this verse here. Let's look at this really quick. John 14, 1, 7. Jesus says to them, to the disciples and the people around, He says, Don't let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My Father's house has many rooms. If, there, if this were not so, then would I, would I have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we, we don't know where you're going, so how can we know the way? Jesus, Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth. 
and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really knew me, you will know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Okay, you may be seated. Now, there's a lot going on in this passage. And I, and I just want to talk about some simple things, but also some things that are really, really standing out. Because really what Jesus has been doing is telling them, Hey, by the way, I'm going to go to the cross. I'm going to die. And, and, and we have to understand something that these disciples, their school was in the temple. Ever since they were little, how they learned to read was from, was from the Torah. And, and they were in this culture steeped in Messiah language, in the anointed one language, in the idea that one day we will be saved. And they would pray every day, Lord, come and save us. They would hear the old stories of, 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 of the Jews being in, their people, their ancestors being in Egypt as slaves. And even in this day, they have Rome who's oppressing them and the tax collectors who are charging way too much and the instability and, and getting into every part of their culture to the point where they're like, what is happening? What is going on? And so... When they meet Jesus, they're like, finally, the Messiah, the anointed one, the one who is going to free us from the oppression of Rome, that's going to take charge and do it the way we want it done. But Jesus doesn't dance to that, that understanding, their understanding. Maybe you've been there. <laughs> you ever said, Lord, your will be done? And then his will is being done and you're like, that wasn't what I was saying. <laughs> that's, that's not what I wanted. Wait a minute, can I do a do-over? And we have the, the, the disciples here who are very much, they've said, I've given my whole life. Where else can we go? You're the one. As a lot of people were leaving, as, they, as he was starting to say this tough, tough talk, Jesus had droves of people walk away from his ministry. Because who can believe that? The Messiah going to die how can that be in God's plan? How can that be the way, the truth, and the life? See, like me, when I got to that correct road finally, I was still doubting and worried because that road did not look like a road. I mean, when I'm looking at that drop and I'm looking, oh my gosh, am I even on the right road? It didn't look right and it definitely didn't feel right. In fact, if I got to choose what the road would look like, it would be like an eight-lane highway. You know what I'm saying? Some of you are with me here. You ever been on those real super highways? And it's like in any state other than um, California and maybe New York, there's no cars on the road, right? That's what I love about traveling cross-country. It's like you get out of California, you're like, oh, there really is not a lot of people out here. <laughs> there's no one on the road. This is nice. Hey, there's another car. Get off my road. Right? You know what I'm talking about. And, and, and you're driving, I mean, and it's nice. And oh, and I probably would have a better car that had air conditioning too. You know, let's just throw that in there. Maybe a Lamborghini or something. I don't know. Real practical. And, and honestly, the disciples were there too. They're like, wait, where are you going? This isn't what I would have chose. This isn't what I wanted. Maybe you can identify Maybe, maybe you've spent over 10 years of hard work and dedication in that job. And I mean, you thank God every day for that job. In fact, at that job, you, you, you were able to start a prayer ministry where you were able to, to get together at lunch once a week and pray with people, a certain amount of people. And it was, you're seeing fruit and it's awesome. And, 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 
you know, in this job, you, you thought God gave it to you and it's going to be forever. And, and, and the company just got sold to, to another company and that company's not so nice. And in fact, you came in that day and there's a pink slip on because you're only 10 years and all the 20-year-old people that have been there a long, lot longer than you, they, they get to keep their job and you, you now have to go home and talk to your family. And you've been planning that vacation. That vacation that you were going to go to and it was this was the year and you were all excited and your kids are like, yay, and now you have a pink slip in your hand. Or maybe it's your health or the death of a loved one. And it's like, Lord, this isn't the road that I thought. Are you really the only way? Is this really the truth? Is this really the life? I love what Jesus says. Because it's like he just knows, like he's God or something, right? He, he says, don't let your hearts be troubled. You believed in God? Believe in me. See, he gets their fear. He gets their excitement. He doesn't go, what's the matter with you? Why don't you just stop doubting? You know, Thomas, right? You've got to love Thomas. Because even after this passage, he's like, show us, Lord. He's just got all this doubt in him and everything. Jesus doesn't slap him. He doesn't hurt him. He doesn't do that. He, he says, look. I get it. Don't let your hearts be anxious because they're anxious right now. I get anxiety. I get fear. The number one commandment of the Bible to people just like you and me, prophets, men and women who have struggled in this life, the number one command is don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Don't let your hearts be troubled. So what I would point to is just a couple of truths we get out of this that I think is really, really important that we need to get if we're really going to be on the way home. See, Jesus is the way because he is actually God and really does know the way home. See, don't let your hearts be troubled. You, you believe in God? Believe also in me. Now, now this is a big deal because sometimes we just kind of gloss over this, but imagine this, all right? Maybe my wife's in the car with me. Get where I'm going here. She's in the car with me, and, and, and she's not giving me directions via the phone at home. Maybe we called uh, her sister or her mom or somebody, and we're saying, hey, and we're in the car, and, and, I'm, and I just put the phone down. I go, don't worry, I got this. But we could get lost. No, 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 I got this. Trust me. You know what? In fact, you believe in God? <laughs> right here. Believe in me. Because I'm God. Okay, so after laughing for five straight minutes, because she knows who I really am, then she should get out of the car and walk away, because I'm crazy. You see, people, people, we miss this. He basically says, I'm God. That's not a card you can pull. That's not a card any of us could really pull. Trust me, why? Because I'm the heavenly one. No. But Jesus does. This is why many people have said you can't just say if Jesus is the way, he's either the way or he's not. He's either crazy and cuckoo or he really is God. So he doesn't just know the way, he is the way. That's the difference. And that's what makes the, the biggest difference of all. It should. Because he didn't just say it, he backed it up. Because he even said, don't just believe my words, believe the testimony and the truth that I'm laying out for you in my life. Either Jesus is God and really knows the way home or he doesn't. Amen? 
I just think that's, that, that just makes sense to me. Second, Jesus is the way because he builds an eternal home. So he doesn't just say, hey, I'm God, I know, I, I am the way, I know the way. He, in verse 2, he says, my father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you may also be where I am. You know the way to the place where I'm going. Now, he does something here that seems kind of weird. It's like, what's going on? You know, the Jewish culture of that time was very interesting. See, if, if I were to go to my wife uh, uh, 16 years ago, I think, 17 in November. 16, okay. I Feels like two. So awesome. <laughs> love, my, love my wife. Love my wife. Anyway, let's say I was to go to her in this culture in that time. And I were to say, Kim, I want to marry you. She'd be like, great. Who wouldn't want to marry you? I know. It's true. It's true. No, that's not how it would go. I'd have to convince her like I did 17 years ago, 16 years ago. I'd have to convince her. And, and let's say she said, okay, I'm going to marry you. Great. You stay here. I'll be back in a year. That was the engagement back then. Because what, the, what, what I would have in turn have to do, I would go to my parents' house and I would start building. I would build rooms. I would build a room. I would hopefully, if I had the money, I would build a room for us and then I'd build another room for our little family that we're going to be making. Because that's what the groom did back then. You see, and that's what Jesus is alluding to here. Jesus is telling these disciples, who knew this, this whole idea, because some of them were married, yeah, I'm leaving, but I'm leaving with a purpose. You see, because I'm going to go back and I'm going to build a home for you. I'm actually going, I'm doing something. And it's not just a, a home that's going to rot away and fall away. No, this is an eternal home. Because you're my bride. See, this is amazing. Because they got it. They, 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 they knew that the wife, the, 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 the fiancé, the, 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 the bride, the future bride, she didn't have to pick up a hammer in that day. You know, she didn't have to go behind the workers and sweep up. She was expected to stay at home and relax. And just wait. Nothing she can do. It was all on the groom. She didn't have to call contractors. Hey, why aren't you here today? Why aren't you working on my future home? She didn't have to do any of that. That was all on the groom. And Jesus is saying, it's on me. Not you. I am building an eternal home where moth and rust will not destroy. Where thieves can't break in. That's the idea. Why is this important? One of the main things, and I just want to say this, and I want to be as, I want to be as polite as possible, but I do have to look at the facts and the truth here. The reason this is important is because every other way, every other way apart from Christ, says it leads home or goes to God, and it's about you building the internal home. See, every other way says you have to build it. Does that make sense? But that's the truth. This is why I follow Christ. Because I know that I'm not the master builder. He was a carpenter. He builds the eternal home. I can't do it. You see, we're constantly trying to build our own home or find our own way back to to God. And you're never going to be good enough. But a lot of other religions say try. Pray enough. Sacrifice enough. Help the right people. Take the right pilgrimage. Get baptized in the right temple, etc., 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 etc. What can you do to get to God? 
It's the old adage of when Jesus was standing there and he was preaching about the fact that he's come to build the home and the rich young ruler comes up steeped in all the tradition of the typical religious way and says, what must I do to be saved? What must I do? And Jesus says, oh, you want to play that game? Sell everything. There's always going to be one more thing that you have to do to get what you can never get. Or you can just follow me. That's the idea. And yet that's what every other way does. And, and can I just say, it's tiring. I, I've been there. I've tried to go the way that I think I'm supposed to go and struggled and struggled and struggled and I get tired and I get anxious and I become afraid. And the sad truth is that the human race has made ourselves homesick, struggling and struggling and trying to find our own way to build our own home and we're tired. On the road of broken relationships, or when we weep on the road of loneliness and anger and neglect and suffering, we cry out for home, knowing this can't be it. And Jesus assures the disciples, and he assures you today, we have a way home because it's him. And he'll build it. He's going to do it. He, if I were to put this simply, Jesus is the way because he's big enough to bring us home. Jesus is the way because he's big enough to bring us home. See, Jesus answered, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, you know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and, and you've seen him because it's me, he says. He is big enough to bring us home. What's interesting here is the disciples would have gotten this because what he's doing is he's, he's reiterating. I mean, he's rephrasing into such a way Psalm 86. And I want you to look at this really quick because it's very important we recognize this. Many times, I was caught in that a lot of times where I look at the New Testament and I kind of neglect the Old Testament. I neglect what God has said in the Old Testament. And God is the God of both. Jesus had that Old Testament. And that's what he's rephrasing for these disciples who knew this. Who knew Psalm 86. And Psalm 86 was all about God being big enough to bring them home. And he rephrases it. See, Psalm 86 says this. It says, Teach me your way, O Lord. The way. See, this is more than just a means to an end. Jesus is not just the road, but he's also the only vehicle that can travel the road. He's the only pilot that can navigate us through this broken world. He is the only way because he's big enough. He's literally saying, I'm God. And then it goes on to say, I will walk in your truth. So teach me your way, O Lord. I will walk in your truth. You notice it doesn't say, I will know your truth. I will have a good understanding of your truth in my brain. No, it's I will literally walk with truth. Who is the truth? It's Jesus. You see, this is, this is why Jesus is the way. It's not just another thing we walk on our own. It's God incarnate. Wanting to live incarnationally with you and me. God in a bod came to this earth as a baby to live the life that we couldn't do and says, now I want to live in you. As I lived in this physical body to live a life you couldn't live, I now want to live in you through the power of the Holy Spirit. We can walk in truth every day in your marriage to walk in truth. At your work 
to walk in truth. While you're struggling with health, to walk in truth. While you're struggling with God, is this really what you want? To walk in truth. Do you get it? This is what fundamentally makes Jesus different than any other as the way, the truth. And finally, the life. Unite my heart to fear your name. In verse 12, he says, I will give thanks to you, O Lord my God, with all my heart and will glorify your name forever. For your loving kindness towards me is great and you have delivered my soul from the depths of Sheol. You see, the Jew in that day looked at Sheol as death. It wasn't just a physical death. It was also just a separation completely from God. It was just this idea of being completely away from God forever. So for the psalmist to say that he has delivered me from Sheol, it is, God has a life for me today, physically, and a life for me tomorrow, eternally. And Jesus is saying, I'm not just the life for you today. I'm not just the life for you to deliver you from the death of broken relationships, to deal with you with the death of a broken job or a broken career or the death of a, of a loved one or the death of the hopes and dreams that this world just takes and takes and takes. I'm not just here for that. I'm here for tomorrow too, forever, because I'm not going away. Amen? That's the God we have. And that's what he identifies himself with. And what's amazing is the disciples know it. They don't throw up their hands and go, you're not God. No, they're like, We knew it. We knew it. He is big enough to bring us home. Maybe this is all new to you. And you had no idea that Jesus is different than any other way out there. You had no idea that He builds an eternal home and doesn't expect you to do the work like every other way. And maybe grace is something that you've been homesick for. You can stop trying and struggling and working like the brother outside in the story of the prodigal son who's like, I've been here and I've been working and slaving and slaving. And the father just looks at him and says, just come inside and party. I've already done it. You don't got to work anymore. That's what it means to know Jesus as the only way, the only truth, and the only life. He calls you, He calls out to you and says, Receive my love, receive my heart, receive my rest, for I know the way home. I want to give you myself and walk in truth every day with you. I want to bring you eternal life here in your every day and the life to come. Just do me a favor. Let's let's close our eyes and bow our heads. I think this is a perfect place to stop, but I I really, I, I would be remiss. I would be lacking if I said, let's pray and go home. And not say, do you really know this Jesus? Have you made this master carpenter the builder of your eternal home? If the answer is no, then now is the time. Amen? Now is the time to say, I've been building and trying and working and slaving and I'm tired. Jesus says, come to me, all you who are weary, and I will give you rest. My hope is that you'll pray with me right now. It's simple. It's not a magic formula. It's just a simple thing that we say. It's 
You know what, Jesus, I know. And if you want to pray that with me right now, just pray it with me. I know, Jesus, that you are the only way, the only truth, and the only life. And you came here to earth to live that sinless life that I can't do. You died in my place to bring me home. I confess my sin of living for myself and going my own way and I admit now that I'm ready to trust you. Not just as my Lord, and, my Lord, but my Savior. Jesus, come into my heart and help me walk in you every day. Amen. Maybe you're like me. In areas of my life, I've been called out because I've walked with Him, but sometimes I get, it's just the way it was. I, I have ADD. <laughs> and, and sometimes I see something real pretty or like a billboard or something, and I, I'm like a squirrel, you know. And I just start walking towards it, and pretty soon I'm lost. Isn't that world this way? There's so many different ways that scream out to us, that push at us. And maybe you've started following Christ and you've been with Him, but you found it, you're kind of lost right now. I would encourage you. God is not just here to save you for one day. He's here to save you right now. He's not just here to bring you to heaven eventually. He's here to bring heaven into your life right now. And when we walk our own way, we have a tendency to bring hell into our life and live in such a way that it's us. So I would encourage you. Now's the time to give the controls back to Jesus so He could bring you home. Just confess. So right now at this time, I would say, just pray with me. Lord, I, I've gone off the path. You're, you've wanted to direct me, but I wanted, what some, I wanted something different. And I walked away. Maybe it was in a relationship or maybe it was in, you know, with, with pleasure and, and addiction and many things that call to us, but eventually just repel in our lives apart from the heaven of Jesus. So I would just encourage you, pray, Lord, I want to give control back to you. Bring me home. You're the only one. You're the only one that's the master carpenter that can build that eternal life in my heart. Here, today, and tomorrow, which is to come. Lord, I thank you. I thank you for being the way and the truth and the life. I just want to bless you and thank you that my life is drastically different today because you are the truth. How do I know you're the way? I can look at my life. I can look at my family. I see you every day working, building a home that I could never build on my own. Lord, my prayer is my brothers and sisters out here, children of you, would let you build that house. They would give you their keys and their burdens so that they might be free. We love you. We thank you.